not gonna say it if somebody should let's talk about two time let's talk about bum one yeah asking the questions that nobody could like where are the bone dogs and are they in Oh, hey, everybody. I had to do that twice because I didn't turn the music off. And I just spilled coffee all over myself. Why? Because I was drinking it. Peter, how did you spill coffee on yourself? Oh, I was drinking it. So that pretty much answers the question. It really does. Welcome to another one of these. Um... I asked Poonmaster Flex, because we were just talking about this in general, podcasting and stuff, and I was like, she was like, I could come up with things for you to talk about, and I was like, all right, hit me. Then we both completely forgot about it until she was about to get out of the car, so I was like, oh shit, what should I talk about? Um, and she was like, you could talk about your weightlifting shoes. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, I did, though. I went to a squat seminar like two weeks ago. So it's like learning how to do squats, which you would think is really easy. And it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. I mean, it's like doing them correctly is interesting. Um, I went to, so there's a, a method or a, I don't know, a ideology maybe called starting strength. Um, and they do different classes and it's like a, a strength training program that's based on just five movements with barbells. And, uh, I know that's very exciting. The guy who sort of started it and runs it is kind of a character, Mark Ripito. He's an interesting guy. Um, he, he reminds me of like coaches that I've had, which is like, there's good-natured um, giving people shit going on from time to time, and it's, I don't know, I find that effective. I just think it's, like, fine. It's not some people's jam, but it's other people's jam. There's some, like, it's weird because, uh, so you go to do a squat seminar, right? And uh, one of the things was they were, like, show up with uh, weightlifting shoes, I didn't really know anything about weightlifting shoes, so I had to, like, kind of give myself a crash course, and then I was like, do I want to buy them or not? And then I was like, I guess so. Like, I guess I do this enough to warrant the purchase of them if it's significant. And basically, that was the only uh, piece of equipment that was really recommended, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. Um, so weightlifting shoes, I guess, are... They have kind of a heel to them, somewhere between half an inch to uh, slightly less. And um, th so they kind of put your feet at a forward slant. Forward slant, is that the right? Yeah, I guess so. And uh, the other thing about them is they're hard. So the, 
everything in them is really hard and not meant to give. So it's kind of the opposite of like a traditional trainer, like a running shoe, right? Where it's, those are meant to be, um, cushiony. I have like, I have my questions about the, um, so I've been a little out of the world of running cause I haven't been able to run. That was part of why I went to do this too. Cause I was like, maybe I should do some strength training See if I can get myself back in uh, fight and shape for running. Maybe I need to take a little time to do something else and then see if that improves things. Um, the running thing is interesting because, like, right now, definitely, like, barefoot running is all the rage. Um, I think it's got a lot to do with that Christopher McDougall book, Born to Run, which is an awesome book, by the way. It's very interesting. Um makes a good case for barefoot running. Although I do think that I wonder about, you know how people talk about climate and weather and it's like climate is the sort of larger picture and weather is like, well, today this happened. And by the way, everybody talks about that when it's advantageous to what they're trying to say. So if I'm a uh, climate change denier, I'll be like, well, it snowed in July. Big fucking deal. That's weather, not climate. Which is kind of true, I think. But then if I'm a uh, climate change activist? Are you still a climate change activist if what your activisting active activation is for is uh, stopping climate change? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how that works. It's You know how, like, okay, you've got um, abortion wise, you've got pro-life and pro-choice. So you're like, okay, I see what they did. They both made themselves pro because no one wants to be anti-life, right? So they were like, ah, fuck. We got to come up with a different, I can't be pro-death. That doesn't sound quite right. And kind of goes against our arguments. I know. Here's what we'll do. And that's, so that's what they did. And I'm like, maybe climate change needs to do this, uh, something similar. kind of come up with a way to say, okay, this is what our, this is our general premise. I'm pro-climate. Pro... Anyway, climate versus weather. Um, I completely forgot where I was going with that analogy. Fuck. Damn it. I'm so sorry. I failed you again. I was talking about shoes. I was talking about Christopher McDougall. It's a good book. Well, anyway, in that book, he make oh oh oh. I do. I I did it. That's my little victory music. Um. So, that book and other things make the argument that like basically humans were meant to run barefoot because um. That's how we've evolved over the long term, which I'm like, that's makes a lot of sense to me. And, you know, they kind of make the case that um, like a super cushiony running shoe is probably not good for you. Because if you think about the way that our bodies were designed, um, it's not really designed to run on something so soft and like cushiony and whatever. 
And that's, I think, the climate. That's what I'm calling climate is the sort of evolutionary state of the human body. But then I think there's weather getting in the way, which is to say, well, obviously, like, you know, let's just put aside things like broken glass or something and and say, I don't think that our feet are generally toughened to run barefoot. I mean, and so that's kind of where these like minimal shoes come across, right? And those are shoes that have minimal sort of cushioning to them and are sort of meant to rather than control the foot's motion or like spreading of the toes and stuff, just allow that to happen uh, naturally. And so I guess my opinion is like, I'm, I think that these folks are probably correct on a climate level, but also I think we need to deal with the reality of the weather, which is to say, well, if I had just kind of went out in super minimal shoes today, I'd probably get fucked up. Because it's my feet are not used to that. I think you have to build up the tough, toughness of the feet a little bit. Um, the other thing I'm not so sure about is how far a human being is meant to run in a day. And then if... I See, I would imagine if a human being ran let's say, 10 miles in a day, um, I would think the next day they probably would not run 10 miles a day. Like, I would, I would doubt that someone's running a super long distance every day. Maybe. Maybe that's possible. Um, but I sort of doubt it. So I can see some advantages to some cushioning in that case. And I was re uh, reading a little bit about those type of shoes, because I was like, well, maybe maybe I should try a different kind of shoe and see if see if that gives me any relief or whatever. And um, I was reading about an you know ultra ultra marathoner, so he does you know super long training runs and he's putting in a lot of miles. And kind of what he talks about is the concept of a shoe quiver. So it's like, well, I've got my more cushiony ones. I've got my minimalist. I've got my racing flats. And I kind of go between these options. I rotate them so that I'm not just doing one thing all the time. You know, and he said, he's like, I do have some more cushion. They're probably not like, you know, for a long time, Nike or places like that were selling with the huge air pockets and stuff. And basically they're like, it's like running on air. But the analogy I remember from, uh, McDougal. That's such a hilarious name to have to repeat. McDougal. The analogy I remember from McDougal's book was kind of like, imagine you're trying to run on a mattress, like a giant soft pillow top mattress. And so every step you take, your foot is kind of naturally trying to find um, purchase or like solid ground or whatever. And, um, if your foot is constantly searching for that, so it touches down and takes off before it ever finds solid ground, and so it doesn't doesn't kind of set up to be uh, solid, to be like rigid, it doesn't isn't working correctly. Like the biomechanics of it aren't quite right. And you can imagine, like if you were trying to run on a super soft mattress, that would be impossible. And so basically, what it's saying is. Your brain doesn't think your shoes are like a super soft mattress, but your feet, that's how your feet are feeling. And there's probably bad things going on here that we can't quite perceive in the micro, 
but it's not a, a good setup overall. Um, but so anyway, this ultra marathoner is kind of talking about like, you know, sometimes if you're putting in a shitload of miles, you just, you do need a little cushioning. Like it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. And I would certainly say that someone at his level is probably running more than, uh, humans were meant to on a given day and probably not resting the way that humans probably would if they ran a shitload on a given day. I mean, I would guess that like uh, marathon training, for example, like once you get into the maybe second half, you're probably running more on a given day than most humans are used to. Another thing is I think our lives on that weather sort of level have changed a lot in terms of Maybe maybe a human being would cover like 26 miles a day, but maybe it would be like, well, you know, I kind of walked a mile this morning for this, and then I ran a couple miles on and off, and then so on and so forth. Um, I suspect that if a human was covering like 10 miles in a day, it was kind of throughout the day, and it wasn't with like a planned pace or whatever necessarily. It was more just like a casual thing. And now I think we've, a lot of us have changed so that like the labor and stuff we're doing is not physical. So we're kind of transitioning midday from doing absolutely nothing physical to, uh, you know, going for a 10 mile jog all at once. So, you know, and I'm not here to say that's a bad thing. I think it's, I think it's kind of an agnostic as far as like whatever, cause it's not bad or good it's just like what it is i don't know what i would suggest to people it's probably not realistic for most people to be like get up jog a mile in the morning then go to work then jog a couple miles on your lunch break then you know what i mean like that's probably not gonna happen just the the clothes the laundry alone would uh be a second job and you'd have to have an entire wardrobe for this is not a good setup like it's just a stupid idea um, but if, if you had like the perfect life, that would be great. Right. So anyway, I went to this, uh, seminar. It was pretty, it was fun. It was interesting. It was like, um, thinking about weight training or strength training is like a mentally engaging activity is kind of a new thing for me. It's really interesting when you start getting into it because it's like, there's a lot of shit science out there, but there's a lot of good science out there. And also, um, I think everyone sort of tends to think of strength training people as like meathead idiots, which in my experience couldn't be further from the truth. Like, I know there are those people out there, but I've never really traveled in that circle. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that stereotype got started. That like strength training people are complete morons or whatever. Like if you have, if you've got big muscles, then you must be stupid. Um, maybe it's cause it's like, well, if you hit, if you had the time to do the strength training, that was time you should have been hitting the books or something. So I'm like, Hey man, it's not like one or the other. You could do both. I also think it's very crazy because, um, I think people see someone who's in shape and think like they must work out four hours a day. I don't have four hours to be in the gym every day. And I'm like, I don't either. 
Um, but the thing I'm doing right now is probably 90 minutes every three times a week. So that adds up, but it's not, it's really not a lot of time. I mean, it's not a, a crazy time commitment when you get down to it. Uh, so anyway, now I'm like plowing my way through this guy's book, which is super long and basically a textbook. Um, it's a textbook about how to do five exercises, squats, presses, deadlifts, uh, bench presses and power cleans. That's it. Like that's all that's in there. I think I'm in a school zone, but I don't, I didn't see it begin. Um, weird. Anyway, it's a textbook and I haven't read a textbook for a while and it's sort of dry, but he's kind of humorous guy. Um, kind of an interesting interesting take on things and I guess to me it's like it's like anything it it reminds me a lot of actually like learning how to write because I think it's something that people don't really they sort of don't think it's teachable um, but I think a lot of people say that because they don't want to put in the work and the other thing is um Something that Chuck talked about a lot in workshop, I'm just going to call him Chuck now because we're familiar, is he basically said, like, the thing that's hard about going after something you really want, like, let's say you want to, you really want to be a writer. And the thing that's hard about pursuing that, like, with all of your ability is if you don't make it, then you're a failure, right? Like, if you are like, this is basically the one thing I want, um... But if you're thinking about it and you're like, maybe I should really go for it. But there's going to be the fear in your mind of, okay, if I really go for it, though, if I like, let's say someone went crazy. Let's say somebody flew to Oregon every week for three months and attended some workshops and was just like, okay, I'm going to write a bunch of short stories. I'm going to submit them a bunch of places. I'm going to work on a novel at the same time. I'm going to work some poetry and all this different shit. If somebody did that um, and then failed, it would be like, well, now I know that I'm not going to, this isn't going to work for me. And if you fail at something that you put your real effort into, that hurts. So I think I do agree. I think it's like a, a self-defense mechanism to sit, to not put your maximum effort into things. Because then if you fail, it's sort of like, well, I was never really that committed. You know what I mean? I would do this for a couple weeks and then quit. Or like, I was in, that was kind of a phase I went through and whatever. So I think it's similar because I, I definitely think that like exercise or weight training or any kind of physical training is similar where it's like, I think a lot of people don't do it because they just don't, um, they don't want to like commit to it and then it doesn't work. And then they're like, okay, well life is horrible. But the other thing is I think that, um, physical training is a lot like writing because I think it, it's not only training your, uh, your body, but it's like your patience has to be trained. Like you're training yourself to be patient too. And being patient with yourself developing physically is really difficult. Um, you have to, 
as as stupid as it is, you have to like learn to enjoy the journey a little bit. Because if you're not enjoying the journey of like uh, physical training, you're never gonna make it. Like in a million years, you won't make it. And you know, you've got to be like patient with yourself. You've got to be like, well, hey, if I add five pounds to my bench press in the next two weeks, I'm okay with that. And you're like, oh, that's really not that much, but whatever like that's that's what it's gonna take at some point and uh yeah and then i think too it's like reminds me of writing because i think that um weight training strength training is a lot like writing because there's um work like work ethic is a big part of it but then there is like natural gifted people and there's like limitations depending on what your natural gifts are and are not. Like, for example, I'm never going to be a successful world's strongest man competitor because I'm not big enough. Um, in order to be like a real competitor in that field, you have to be over six feet for sure. Because, um, you know, you have to be able to pack on enough muscle and stuff onto that frame. And like a six four guy is going to be able to put on... A, if Even if he's got X muscle per inch of height, um, he's got a huge advantage over me from the very start, right? Like, And that's just not going to happen. Now, I could still like do these types of events myself and like basically do it for the enjoyment of it or the challenge and that kind of thing, but I'm never going to be the world's strongest man. Um, and that's like writing because... I'm never going to be Stephen King. You know what I mean? I'm never going to be that huge writer that everyone knows and loves. And that's kind of out of my hand. And like, so there is a talent aspect, but I think both things are similar because everybody overrates the talent aspect. Um, and that's, that's where you get the thing of like X, Y, Z can't be taught. Right. Which I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, anyone can learn to do these things, but they do have to be committed to it. And then you do have to recognize, like, well, I'm not going to stop learning because of this. However, I recognize that there is probably a ceiling for me. Um, but my goal is to sort of hit the ceiling hard as hell. And then, you know, maybe occasionally someone will bust through, but for the most part, you, you'll hit that ceiling based on your talent and work ethic. And, you know, that's another thing, too, I think is, like, a similarity is that, well, if you're not naturally talented, you can make up for a lot of that with a good work ethic. And vice versa, unfortunately. Like, life isn't fair in terms of, well, your life isn't going to balance out um, and say, well, let's give this guy a lot of talent because he doesn't have a great work ethic. And it's also not going to say, well... Um, this guy's got a really good work ethic, so we should give him... We, why not just throw some talent his way, right? Because a lot of talent applied with a good work ethic is going to take you pretty far. Just like a great work ethic combined with being 6'4 and naturally walking around at 250 is going to be um, helpful. Well, probably if you're 6'4, you might be a little heavier than 250. But, you know, you you get the point. Um, and that's where you get those like rare super talents, right? Anyway, 
So there you go. Poonmaster Flex was like, talk about your shoes. And I'm like, okay, I'll talk about my shoes. And then it turns into like, here's Pete's life advice. But I, I guess it is like a piece of life advice that I took to heart, which is kind of like, you have to commit yourself to something at some point. Um, because you'll never succeed until you do. And, and I think like fear of not succeeding is a bad reason to not try to not shoot for something, shoot for something. And then if you don't succeed, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, and I think you also have to define success for yourself. Um, I'm not looking at this like weight training program as with the end in mind. I'm just looking at it as like, well, let's just see how long how long I can go along the progression here as they've lined it up. Let's just see, and I'll like learn some new things and try some new things and see what happens. Um, and I think writing is kind of the same way. Like, if you want to write a novel, you pretty much have to go and write a novel, and you can't make your goal to be like, I want to write a super hit novel. I wouldn't make a goal like I want to write an 800-page novel or an X number of page novel. I would just be like, well, just see if you can do it and go from there. Um, just do it. Do it on your level. Like, be realistic. Admit your current limitations or your current level of skill and then go for it. Because the thing is, it doesn't really hurt the world in any way to have some stronger guys walking around. Right? Like, it's not a bad thing if everybody was 10% stronger. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing either if half the people walking around right now had written a novel of some sort on some level. Like, it's not going to be a bad thing for the world if you're like, I did write a novel. I never did anything with it. It never got anywhere. I couldn't couldn't really fix it up or anything, but there you go. I just think those are those are better things. That's fucking self-improvement, if you ask me. Which no one did. I was asked about shoes, and this is what I talked about. But fuck it. 